I'd ask you to open your Bibles with me up to the sixth chapter of the New Testament book of Ephesians as we are continuing in a sermon series simply called Text Messages. We're looking at the letter that the Apostle Paul has written to the church in Ephesus, and this letter, Paul is, is, is teaching this church. He is telling them what a Christian life looks like, and we've seen that in, in, in past chapters, he's written to men, husbands. He has written to women. He has written to wives. He has written to those in the church and how we should interact with each other. And this morning, the text message that we're going to look at, it sounds like it should be in a Sunday school class of kids. And it probably does. But it also belongs here on the main stage because it's that important. Remember, Paul is writing this letter and he's writing to a church, churches like us here, the main stage there was a group of adults. This is really important, but he did take a moment to address the children. And we're going to start, if you follow me, to Ephesians chapter six, verse number one. It reads like this. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Parents, let me tell you something about kids. And some of you are going to disagree with me, and that's okay. But I want you to understand that your child wants to do good. They want to. This is going to lead me to point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, on the back of your bulletin, there's some fill-in-the-blanks. I'm going to give you the answers to those. They'll also be up on the big screen behind me. Here's point number one in your notes this morning is this. The natural instinct of a child is to obey. I know, moms and dads, you might not believe it, but it's true. From the age of an infant, when, when they realize that you're putting a, a bottle on their lips, they, they know that that means food. There's a positive reaction to that. They want to obey. Your kids growing up, they, they want to show you that they have done something great, right? They want to show you these things. They, they want you to be proud of them. They, they want you. Let me tell you something, though, that is very important. Because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, my kids, Pastor, you don't know my kids. Disobedience is taught and it is affirmed as okay by those who are in authority over us. Disobedience taught. Our natural, our natural instinct is to obey. If, if you're yelling at a child to, there's a fire, get out of the house. What are they doing? What are they going to do? Chances are they're going to obey. They're going to get out of the house. They're going to get away from danger. That's their natural instinct is to obey. When we look at disobedience, disobedience is purposeful. Disobedience doesn't just happen. Nobody disobeys on accident. Accidents happen. It doesn't mean that it's always disobedience. But all disobedience happens on purpose. So parents, I want to I want to ask you, I want to ask you to turn to the book of Proverbs if you have your Bibles with you this morning. I love it when people ask me, Pastor, I haven't, I don't know where to start reading my Bible. Where, where do I start? And I always tell people, go to the book of Proverbs. 
because this is an easy, easy reading plan. The book of Proverbs has 30, 31 chapters in it. And it's easy just to look up at the calendar, see what today's date is, read that chapter in the book of Proverbs, do the same thing tomorrow. When you get to the end of the month, kind of catch up, and you're going to read a chapter in Proverbs every day. And then when you get to the end of the month, do it again. Read it 12 times a year. It's going to take you maybe four or five minutes to get through a chapter, not very much. But there is so much biblical direction for parents and for children in the book of Proverbs. As a parent, you're going to learn so much in this book about really how we should parent. And really, isn't that what we're here to learn right now, right? I want to take you to Proverbs chapter 22. It'll be up here on the screen behind me. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number six reads like this. Direct your children onto the, the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Did you see that this verse is not focused on the children? It's focused on the parents. It starts out with a verb. It starts out with direct. Direct your children. The, 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 the author is writing for, for parents to be a parent, to direct their children. And you've heard me say this before, moms and dads. If you don't parent your children, somebody will. Somebody will. If you don't raise your kids, somebody will. And I'm fearful of who that somebody is. Because once society gets hold of them, I'll tell you, I have never seen YouTube raise a child that really is just, you know, it's one of those names that's going to go down in history. Somebody will raise your children. But we are told to direct our children, but the verse goes on, to direct them onto the right path. Here's something about the right path. You don't get to make it up. You don't get to define what the right path is. We talked earlier in this sermon series about Christ being the truth. If Jesus is the truth and that is the right path, we need to be directing our children towards Christ. Amen. That's our job as, as parents. And the verse goes on to say that, that when they are older, they will not leave it. And I know, Mom and Dad, you're saying, well, I got a 20-year-old and they got... When they moved out, they got way off track, and <sighs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't really know what to do. Your job, your job is to teach them now. Give them a foundation that they're going to take with them. See, here's the thing. The Bible gives them instructions as children, but here soon they're going to graduate into the adult instructions, Okay. You have to teach them when they get to that point. It is their responsibility to follow the instructions of the Bible now for adults. And you can't do that for them. You can continue to encourage them. You can continue to, to give them advice. But our job is to instruct them on the right path. I want you to see how properly directing children, how important it was to the Israelites. These are so important verses that I'm going to read you that this instruction 
It was part of life. It was that big of a deal. I'm in Deuteronomy. I'm in verse, uh, chapter number 6. I'm starting in verse number 6. We read this. And you must, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It's no joke that back the Israelites, now I'm, I'm talking, this is Deuteronomy, so we're going back thousands of years before Christ, okay? Like there was men who literally, and there are some that still today, especially in, in Jesus' day, this happened. They would have a headband, and there would be a box right here. There would be commands in that box, on their arms. They took this so literally. But what does that say to us? What does that say to us? I don't see anyone that has a box with the Ten Commandments written in it on their forehead today. That's okay. But what does that mean to us? What... Do you think that we can lead our kids to Christ by putting in half the effort? The verse, the verse says, it says to commit yourself wholeheartedly. Or what about this? What about this? If, if you're going to just bring the kids to church and you're going to leave it up to me and Miss Amy to be the, the the only two in the spiritual kitchen that are making a spiritual meal for your kids, right? That's not wholeheartedly. That's kind of something that we do sometimes on Sundays if, if we can. The author says to repeat it again and again and again and again and again to your children. There's a show in the 80s. It was one of my favorite shows back then. starred, um, I think it was 80s, late 90s. Uh, early 90s, starred uh, William Shatner in this, and he was uh, Captain Kirk in the original Star Trek. And this, was, this show was not just, it wasn't just entertainment, it was actually educational to a lot of us, and, and it was called Rescue 911. Don't know if you remember that. But we learned that when there is a fire in the house, what number do you call? 911. When grandma slips and falls, what number do you call? 911. When, when you see an accident on the side of the road and somebody is hurt, what number do you call? And you know why we know that? Because we've repeated it time and time and time and time and time again. We know that. But I wonder if your kids know what verse in the Bible to find Jesus say, blessed are the peacemakers? I wonder if your children know the verse in the Bible where J Jesus yells into a grave, Lazarus, come out! I wonder if your kids know where in the Bible to find the Ten Commandments. The author says to re repeat these Again and again and again and again. Talk about God's commands when you are at home. Talk about God's commands. This, this, is, this is Deuteronomy and look how, how this ties into our world. Look at this. I'm going to almost read this and you can see this in our world. He says, talk about it when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you go to bed, when you get up. 
Okay, we'll put it on your hands and put it on your forehead. Okay, that's a little bit different. But put it on your doorposts. How many people might have a Bible verse above their door? You've seen that, right? You've seen that? Maybe it's a Bible verse on the, on the doormat. We've seen that. Maybe put it on your gates if you have gates. Our instructions are to make Christ the culture of our home. I know, dads, you want to get a little bit aggressive now and say, you know, whew, I've got some work to do. I've been backsliding a little bit and, you know, I've got to catch up. And um, guys, what we want to do, I know that we want to get a little bit more authoritative. We want to start putting down the rules right away. Come back with me to Ephesians chapter six. Let's address that really quick. I'm in verse number four. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Here's the second point in your notes this morning is this. Parenting demands finding the balance between direction and destruction. There's a balance there. It's a happy balance. You might not totally agree with a good direction. Now, here's the thing. It's not up to your kids to come up with a good direction. That's our jobs as parents. But there are some things that as parents we like to do and bicker at that sometimes they don't really matter that much and they cause more destruction than they do direction. I know that some of you, I know that some of you growing up maybe in the 80s where you followed some of these pop culture trends and I, and I bet your parents asked, they wondered why you wanted to wear parachute pants to school. They wondered why you wanted to spend $100 on a pair of Oakley razor blades. They, they wondered why you had to have LA gear shoes with two different uh, colors of, um, of shoelaces, right? I mean, we, we've all been in that territory where, where we've done things that were popular to our culture. So we've got to find that, that tie between direction and destruction. Sometimes we can be overbearing as parents, right? But we've got to find that, we have to find that point. It's that, it's that balance, it's that fine line. But for fathers and, and mothers too, it's telling us not to provoke our children to anger. Now, does that mean that our children are not going to be angry with us? No. No, they very well at times are going to be angry with us. We, we learn to manage our emotions at these younger ages. But it, should we be the cause, like purposefully creating anger in our children? That's, that's not what we're supposed to be doing as parents. But you have to have discipline. Discipline is healthy. I know this feels like a sermon that's almost entirely dedicated to, to parenting. And thinking maybe it's here for a reason. Maybe it is here for a reason. Maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us something. That it's putting, putting this sermon right here in the middle of this series for a reason. Reminding us that our first priority is to be ministers to our children. To be ministers in our house. Come with me. I'm in Proverbs chapter 13. In verse 24, we read this. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. I want to ask you, who disciplines you? Oh, I know, you're saying, look, I'm the adult. Nobody disciplines me. Uh -uh. 
No, I call all the shots. And let me tell you, that's not true. It's not. The IRS disciplines you if you don't get your taxes right. Highway Patrol disciplines you if you're speeding too much or at all when they catch you. The judge disciplines you when you don't show up at court to pay that speeding ticket, right? And more importantly, though, God disciplines you. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that God holds back his discipline. We still have boundaries, and we're not, when we get outside those boundaries, there is still discipline, there are still penalties for us, and it's all laid out in the Bible for us. Your kids don't get a free pass, and you don't get a free pass. We don't. But let me ask you this, and this might, um, this might take a little bit to raise your hand on this one. I wonder if there's anyone here who would admit that they are thankful that somebody in their life disciplined them. Thanks, Martha. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Thanks, Angie. So can we be thankful for discipline? We can looking back. It's an important part of life. Your kids aren't going to thank you for it right now, but someday they're going to be in a church service and there's pastors going to ask them if they're willing to raise their hand and say that they are thankful that they were disciplined. And you know who they're thinking about? They're thinking about you, right? They're thinking about us at that point. I'm in Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 20 says, my son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instructions. I told you that you're going to find a lot of content in the book of Proverbs on parenting, and I'm not joking with you about this. You're going to find a lot, and you and your kids need to be in this book together. You and your kids. It's a great book to go through together. Come back with me to our main text this morning. We're in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm in verse number 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I know. It's deep and it's very to the point for us and for dads and for moms as well. The Bible has instructed us to direct our children to Jesus and to direct our children to love Jesus. And I wonder if we're doing that. I wonder if our parenting these days comes from this new cool parenting podcast that we found, or maybe it's coming out of a, of a parenting magazine. Maybe it's the, the, the next cool parenting trend, like a diet fad, and, and now we're deciding that, that we're gonna follow this parenting method because that seems to be the cool hip thing to do, and, and, and we try that out for a while. It's not what God's telling us to do. He already has a parenting plan for us. Why are we trying to change it? Why are we trying to, to let somebody, to let, let man, somebody who is tainted by sin like we all are, create a plan for parenting when we have one that's absolutely perfect? This is the third point in your notes this morning. I want you to write this down. This is so important. Godly parents raise godly children to love Jesus. I know your kids. I know that they love grandma. 
and I know that your kids love ice cream, and I know that your kids love Disneyland. Oh, and you can agree with me on this. I know that I'll get a bunch of amens here. I know that your kids love YouTube. (laughs) Thank you. I know it. But can you say for sure that you have led your children to love Jesus? So I know that some shake their heads now and you, you kind of listen to this and say, I, I do, I, I have a lot of work to do and I want to be 100% transparent with you. So do I. I've got a lot of work to do. There's no perfect parents out there, right? We all have, we all have our, our place. We're all on a, a path. We're all following these, these directions that are given to us, and we're all getting better at it. Nobody becomes a parent with all the instruction down. We've got this pat, right? We learn when we're put in the situation to learn from whatever it is that we happen to be in at that moment. But here we are. Some of you may have noticed when you came in, there's a couple of rows here towards the back that say reserved for youth. And I would, I, I would, I would really encourage you to, to bring your, your youth to come in and, and, and just stay together here during main service. And uh, for any of the youth that are taking notes and you turn in your bulletin with notes, there's extra credit at the end. And uh, there's not. I'm sorry. I don't have any extra credit for you. I don't. But maybe you can just take notes because, you know, you're a good person and you want to learn something, right? I can give you something you can draw on it or whatever you do with it. But there's going to be two rows that are reserved back here for youth group. And I pray that, that when your youth come along, bring them into main service because there's things that, that we're, going to be, we're going to be learning together. Come back with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm in verse number 4. We hear, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That's what we're teaching our kids. We're teaching our kids to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. That's our job is to teach our kids. These verses start out confirming that God is one. God, God is a triune God. We got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And and we know God is one. God. But I'll tell you, it's when your kids start dragging you to church. But you know we're getting on the right path, amen? Now, I don't want you to say to yourself that, you know what, I haven't, I don't know if my kids really, really love Jesus or not, so I must not be a godly parent. We're all on the path. We all start somewhere. And it might start right here today. I want, I want you to think about this. How much of a big deal do your kids see you making about your faith? 
How much of a big deal do your kids see you making about your Bible reading or your prayer time? Let me just ask you this, and you don't have to answer this one out loud. And it's absolutely okay, because I want you to solve this today. When was the last time that your children saw you reading your Bible? I know some of you are saying, I, I don't know if they ever have. I, I, I can't answer that, Pastor. I don't know. I'm asking you to change that today. It starts today. I've told you what you're reading today. Your reading assignment for today is Proverbs chapter 6. Look at the calendar. Your, your reading assignment for tomorrow is Proverbs chapter 7. And read it with your kids. It's not that long and it's not that hard. It's a very easy Bible plan. And, and, and we will we'll start doing deeper Bible plans that you can take home with their kids. And I'll, and I'll tell you, if you don't have a Bible, see Angie, see Linda. I think we've got a Bible with, you, with us for you. I believe we've got Bibles. Don't go home without one. If you want to download it on the app, the YouVersion app is great. Download it. You have a Bible plan. I'd love for you to have a physical Bible because it's different. See, right now when you're staring at your phone and our kids see us looking at our phone, they're associating that action of us looking at that phone on something else, right? They say, oh, mom's on Facebook. Oh, mom's on Instagram. Oh, mom's on Twitter. Oh, mom's playing Candy Crush. Something like that, whatever it is. Never has anything to do with dads. It's always moms. I'm joking with you. No, no, I was watching the World Series on my phone yesterday. So, but here's the thing. Our phones are already associated with other things, right? The Bible is solely associated with Jesus Christ, amen? amen. What, if our, what if our kids saw us spending time reading that physical Bible? What does that show them? Shows them that this is important to us, right? It is important to us. Gentlemen, we've been reading this. We read this a couple of weeks ago. We focused on the fact that, that we have a responsibility to be a godly man, but a godly father and a godly husband. And, and these are jobs that, 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 that we are commanded, that we are called to do. Your family doesn't just need a man. Your family needs a godly man. Our community doesn't just need men. It needs godly men. It needs godly men who are not provoking their children to anger. It needs godly men who are not provoking their wives to anger. It needs godly men who are caring for their community, not creating anger in their community. It needs godly men that teach other people to love Jesus Christ. Many of you know, many of you know that our men's group has been meeting once a month with a, with a bonfire in my backyard. And guys, I'm sorry to say, and you heard about it earlier, the women have actually taken over our bonfire this month. Yeah. Men, I'll get back to you in just a minute. Ladies, you're here on campus, out here in the parking lot, bonfire and s'mores. I think you guys are doing s'mores uh, on Friday night, uh, 6 to eight, six to 7.30, I believe, just out here in the parking lot. Ladies, this is great sisterhood time. 
and we really want to, to, to see you guys strengthen as a group. And look, you can invite your friends and neighbors too. This is a ladies group though. Bring them here, that's Friday night. Guys, we're going, we are going down the street to Temple Baptist Church and we're going to be there 6.30 to 8 for our, for our event. And although we don't have all of the details, guys, I still believe that fire is going to be involved one way or another, I, I believe, so. So, yeah, you know what? Now I, I, now, I know what you're asking. You're asking, okay, so what do we do with the kids? And we arm wrestled over it. And women, you won. You get the kids. Uh, that's really surprising. The only two people clapping were men. Um, no, kids will come here and, uh, and use, this, use this room. Let me tell you what you're going to see a focus on here. You're going to start to see a focus on strengthening relationships, strengthening marriage relationships. And you're going to see both of these groups start to dive into really what we've been learning. Would it be fair to say if we've gone through the book of Ephesians and we've learned all of these, all of these, these messages that Paul has given us, We've read these, we've studied these, but if we don't put them into action, that it was a waste of our time, right? Now it's time to put them into action. So both of these groups, you're going to start seeing more active on a regular basis. This month, they're both active at the very same time. And that's really important. I'm going to give you your fourth and final point this morning, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the other points that I've given you this morning, but I want you to write this down. Fourth point in your notes this morning is this. I am going to memorize Hebrews 10.23. You're going to be hearing that verse a lot. Jerry, if we've got a slide, if that's up, up behind us, if we've got it, thank you. Hebrews 10.23, it reads like this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. That's your fourth point. I'm going to memorize Hebrews 10.23. And I'm going to ask you to start working on memorizing that, memorizing it with your kids. Because we need to hold tight to what it is that we are affirming, for what it is that, that we claim, for what it is that we preach, for what it is that we teach, for what it is that we know is important. We need to hold tight without loosening our grip at all. You know how we got where we are right now as a society? is because the faithful of the past loosened their grip on what was important. They loosened their grip on affirming hope. Church, I don't want you to loosen your grip at all. I want you to hold tightly without wavering. And I'm going to ask you this, as you're inviting other people to join us on Sundays, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment Sunday mornings to be here.
I don't want to ask you to make a commitment Wednesday nights to be here. That's why we call it midweek family night. We've just been studying how we interact with families, what our roles are. And we can go deeper into that, but we go deeper into that together as a family. And I pray that you'll make a commitment to be here Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. That midweek meal, that's so important. I know, yeah, we actually have a free meal here on Wednesday nights. But we're going to come together. We're going to have another free meal. It's like this one. It's free. It's a spiritual meal. We're going to eat again on Wednesday nights. Invite your friends and family here on Sundays and here on Wednesday nights. Church, you've seen some amazing things in 2022. You're going to see God do some amazing things here in 2023. Will you pray with me?